Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Heavenly Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm a church member, five weeks in a row, uh, exclaiming to you and, and sharing with you the title of the book off the start, I am a church member. What a huge blessing this is to be found in the body of Christ, to live in the body of Christ, to receive life from the body of Christ. Last week, uh, I begged you, I urged you, I pleaded with you to pray for me as your church leader, to pray for all of the leaders that we have in the church, as we pray for you, to encourage you to pray also for us. Listening to Paul's letter, I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. And so as we get started this morning, I want to encourage you to pray with me right now for the words that I share with you. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of Jesus that you've given us. Give me the words to speak. May they hear the words from my lips as the voice from your mouth, that Christ may be proclaimed and shared from one generation to the next. This we pray through the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Chapter 5 in Tom Rainer's I Am a Church Member has the title, I Will Lead My Family to Be Healthy Church Members. And if I was going to skip one chapter in this book, I probably would have skipped this one. I sat down three times this week to write this message. And I, I couldn't put words to the page. I will lead my family to be healthy church members. I struggled greatly this week with the, the gift that my dad and mom had given me. The gift that I received, not always uh, excitedly, uh, because there was a system on Sunday mornings in the Schuler house. That system is that dad was always early and we were always late. So the car would be running and he would be waiting in the garage for the three of us to filter out into the vehicle so we could go to church and Sunday school on Sunday morning. And it wasn't always a, a joyful, exuberant experience. Sometimes uh, little Matthew uh, and little Tara had a gnashing of teeth or a crossing of words, and yet it persisted. Church was an everything for the Schuler family. Rain or shine, sleet or snow, we would go. That was the expectation and the rule. Even when I didn't want to go, even when I didn't want to hear, even when I would sit in the pews next to my mom as they were singing hymns from the 1500s and I was doing math problems to stay quiet. And yet, through all of that, my dad led his family to be healthy church members, to be faithful church members. There are a lot of things dad gave me in life. There's one thing I never wanted that he gave me in death. His ring. 
I don't want to wear this ring. My aunt asks me uh, how it feels to wear dad's ring, and I, I tell her it feels like a millstone around my neck dragging me down, and I struggle still 10 months later to see hope. And yet, in the lesson and the teaching and the leading that my father did for me, my hope is that we're able to lead each other, to to share with each other the hope that exists. There was one verse dad loved and that was shared at his funeral. He said, uh, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, all the time. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Dad's two, two words were trust and obey. Trust that God is in control, that God has the plan for your life, and then obey him and his teachings to the best of your ability. I will lead my family to be healthy church members. Dad wasn't perfect. I wasn't perfect. I'm still not perfect. Rainer in his book says, our family members aren't perfect. And neither are the members of the church. And yet we are to find joy in serving both our families and the church. We change the way that we see each other in the body of Christ when we start seeing each other as family members. So not only will I lead my own family to be healthy church members, I'll lead those around me to be healthy church members as well. And none of us are perfect. We heard it in our reading from Romans this morning. For if while we were enemies of God, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, how much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life? More than that, Paul continues... We also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've now received reconciliation, both with God and with each other. So when I have that fight with my parents, when I have that fight with my sibling, when I have that fight with my wife or my children, we already have reconciliation with each other because we've received reconciliation with God. The forgiveness we've received from him through the death and resurrection of his son Jesus, we can share with each other. So being a healthy church member and leading my family to be a healthy church member doesn't mean that I lead my family to be perfect because that's impossible. But I lead my family to be repentant to ask for forgiveness, to grow in grace. Rainer says in the book, as I grow more deeply in love with my church, I will do all that I can in God's power to bring my family with me. We will pray for our church leaders together, we will worship together, and we will serve together. So in a healthy church or in a healthy family, we begin to love and to sacrifice for each other unconditionally. Which means getting in the car even when I didn't want to as a kid. And as a dad, it meant getting his kids in the car even when they didn't want to. And it all starts, it all starts by falling deeply in love with the bride of Christ. 
this love that we've received from Jesus, we share with each other. There was a a great blog that was shared this week on holycrossoxford.com. It was written by Steve Smith, and he asked a phenomenal question in the middle of the blog. He said, is there any spontaneous overflow of Jesus in our lives? Like, is Jesus so heaped up inside of us through the reading of his word, through our prayer life, through our worship life, through our family life, that it just flows out of us into the surrounding world? I gotta be honest, sometimes I'm dry. Sometimes it's all that I can do to make it through the day. I was sitting on the bed earlier this week, just shaking my head at the thoughts and feelings that were going through my head with regard to my children. I was so tired. I was so worn out. It was bedtime, and I just wanted that moment between 7.30 and falling asleep where it's kind of quiet. I'm like, please. There wasn't much spontaneous overflow of Jesus in my life that night. I needed to get back into his word. I needed to get back into prayer. I needed to get back to seeing my kids the way that God sees them, the way that God sees me, the way that God sees you. Not as a negation, not as a, a heaping, overabundant duty, but as a joyful opportunity to share love. So I was able to read this blog and be encouraged and see this question as an encouragement. See this question as an opportunity to dive back into his word, to dive back to prayer, to dive back into life with each other. Part of the opportunity and honor of being a church member is teaching our family to love the church. Do we start seeing each other in the body of Christ, those sitting next to us and around us, in front of us and behind us as family? And are we teaching each other as we teach our family to fall in love with the church? It's all throughout the Old Testament. It's all throughout the New Testament, but especially in Deuteronomy 4, Moses writes to us, he says, Only take care and keep your soul diligent, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and your children's children. Have you seen the grace and love of God in your life? The grace and love of Jesus Christ overflowing from the cross, rising from the grave. And have you shared that with your children and your children's children? A lot of times we, we see this as, a, as a, 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 an overwhelming task because maybe there's a child or, or there's part of our family who've, who've gone away from Jesus. 
And we read in the Bible and we say, what about that promise that God says, raise a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll never depart from it. You say, I did my best. I tried my hardest to raise my kids the way they were supposed to be raised. But they still walked. It's not on you. It's not on me. The salvation of souls is on God alone. Did you share the gospel? Did you share the truth? That's what we're called to do with our families and with each other. But the salvation of souls rests on God alone. Martin Luther in the third article of the Apostles' Creed writes an explanation that says, I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in my Lord Jesus Christ or come to him. He might have added, and I can't make my family believe either. But God has called me by his Holy Spirit. He has enlightened me by the gospel. And he's the one that has brought you and me into the church, brought our family into faith, and who fosters that faith within the body of Christ. And that's that opportunity that we have to share faith together, to encourage our families to be bold of the body of Christ. So how do we do that? If it all starts with falling deeply in love with our church and the people who are here, how do we do that? We pray together as a family for the church. What we do here on Sunday morning, you can do also in your homes. Whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you have kids, whether you're an empty nester, you can pray together. Because the words you share with God, he hears. Rainer in the book says he learned, he had to learn how to pray for his church, for his family, and he prayed for spiritual protection. Protection from moral failure, for the preaching of the word. He prayed for their families. He prayed for encouragement. He prayed for physical strength, discernment, and wisdom in their leadership. This is something we have to teach our kids. This is something we have to be taught. We don't have to have fancy words for God. But he invites us to share our words with him. It's not an accident that people grow up to be faithful. Paul says to Timothy, from childhood, from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And Timothy didn't have a home where both mom and dad were Christian. His mom converted. His mom raised him in the faith. It, it was a struggle, but it was also an opportunity to share that faith with the family. In Psalm 78, we're told to tell the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. It's an opportunity we have 
from old to young to share with each other. The lessons learned can be lessons passed down. So if we pray together as a family, we also then bring our family to worship and we worship together as a family. Rainer in the book says, I must encourage and lead my entire family to worship together in the church. Husband encourages wife, wife encourages husband, parents encourage children, children encourage parents, grandparents encourage grandchildren. All of us encouraging one another. Whose job is it to check in on you if you miss a Sunday? It's all of our jobs. Whose job is it to check in if you're not here to make sure that you're okay? To make sure that, that things are all right, that you're, that you're not lost and gone? It's all of our jobs. For my family and for your family, it's all of our jobs to encourage each other. If you notice somebody missing in the pew beside you, check in on them. See how they're doing. Worshiping together as a family, encouraging one another as families. I mentioned Paul's words to Timothy. One believed and the other didn't. Paul talks about this at greater length than 1 Corinthians. When he says, for the unbelieving husband is made holy because of his wife. And the unbelieving wife is made holy because of her husband. We have an opportunity, if we're married to a non-Christian, to witness, to share grace, and to share love. And as we pray together as a family, and as we worship together as a family, we grow in grace together as a family. And then we share that grace, and we serve together as a family whether in the church or in the community, is there an outpour, an overflowing of Jesus in your life? When people see your family, when they see my family, what do they see? Paul in Ephesians 5 sets up the entire relationship dynamic within the family with verse 21, when he says, submitting to one another reverence for Christ. It's impossible to simultaneously submit. You can't do it. You can't simultaneously submit to one another. One person always has to submit and the other person always has to rule. But Paul tells us to do the impossible in Jesus. That every action we have as wife and as husband flows from a mutual submission as father, as mother, as son and daughter. We submit to each other. This verse sets up every relationship we have in the family. And our family's love for each other flows from God's love for us, both inside and outside of the family. Are there times when we're dry? Yeah. Are there times when we feel empty? Yeah. Those are the times when we come to get filled up. When we open his word, when we bow our heads in prayer, and when we come to worship the king, to receive the gifts that only he can give.
so that we can share his love with each other. We have hope because Jesus is our hope. At the end of the chapter, Rainer shares a pledge. And you can share it with your family, and, and if you want, you can sign this pledge in your book. It says, I am a church member. I will lead my family to be good members of this church as well. We will pray together for our church. We will worship together in our church, and we will serve together in our church. And we will ask Christ to help us fall deeper in love with this church because he gave his life for her. The king of all creation came to earth and gave his life for you. And as God's family, drawn together in the body of Christ, church members, we get to share that love with each other and with everyone we meet. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the great gift of love and grace you've given us in Jesus. Lord, when we are empty and when we are broken and we are down, help us to encourage one another in our families and in our church to show each other your love, to share with each other your word, to pray for each other and to encourage each other in worship. Help us to receive the gifts that only you can give so that we can share your gift of grace and love with everyone we meet, with our family and our friends and everyone you send our way. This we pray through the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen.